the Bible Study Podcast, episode 503. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Ephesians with chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with chapter 2, which we're starting to get in the meat of the book of Ephesians. Again, not a very long book. This won't take us all that long. But we get to figure out why it is that Paul wrote as we get into the meat of the book. Chapter 2, starting in verse 1, made alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Let me pause there in the middle of this paragraph here. This is the first thing that Paul is trying to establish here in Ephesians is that there was a pattern here. We were in sin, we were dead in sin, and that we were saved by grace, that God has made us alive again because of what he did in Jesus. It talks about us when we were dead in sin, when we were in that state, that we were living by the cravings of our own flesh, that we're living by our own desires and thoughts. Now, obviously, one of the things we have to think about when we get to this point is, is that something we're past? It's definitely talking about that living by the cravings of our flesh, whether that be lust or gluttony. And as I stepped on the scale today I'd, and just came back from a press trip, I'd have to say that cravings of the flesh one hits a little close. But that that type of lifestyle where we live by our own desires is deserving of God's wrath, that we were in a situation where we were alienated from God until he stepped in and did something about it. But he continues on and says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourself, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So this finishes the thought here, here, and he's saying he raised us up and didn't just bring us out of the mire, but actually raised us up into heaven with Christ is basically seated with him in the heavenly realms. It's really good news. It's not just good news. It's really good news because he is desiring to not just express his kindness, but show the incomparable riches of his grace. What a beautiful, beautiful phrase that is, that there is nothing that compares with both the grace of God and the richness and the depth of that grace that he is expressing to us not because we deserve it, right? Not by works. He says, again, you've been saved by grace. You have been saved because of what God has done, not because you deserved it through faith, but even that is a gift of God. And then he says this great phrase here at the end, you are God's handiwork. 
created for good works in Christ, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. So the first thing there is I want you to really internalize that you, and and I mean you, not just me, not just people in general, not just Christians as a rule, but you are the handiwork of God, that God has worked on, is working in you desires and loves you enough that he's working in you. But he's not just doing it as an improvement project to make the neighborhood look better or things like that. He has specifically something in mind for us. He has prepared in advance things for us to do. This is a recruitment project. He is recruiting us to do something. He is preparing for us to do something. He is equipping us to do something. And finding out what that something is in each of our lives at every different stage of our lives, at every different age and time and year, is part of our role. It's part of our job. It's part of what we need to be about. Continues on, Jew and Gentile reconciled through Christ. Therefore, remember that formerly you were, who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcision— which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So first he turns to the Gentiles and says, you used to be separate from the covenant separate from this plan of God, or at least separate from the way it was being executed here in the first covenant. You weren't Jews. You weren't circumcised. But Christ has brought you close. Christ has brought you near because he has enabled us to enter into that new covenant because of what he did. For he himself is our peace, he who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit." Okay, so he's saying he destroyed that barrier, that law that was keeping us separate, Jew and Gentile. One of the things we have to see is that the general ministry of God is one that is bringing together, one that is reconciling. And one of the things that is important to understand with that is if we're looking at people who are dividing, who are separating, as a rule, if you don't know anything else but you know that one person is bringing together one person is separating, you should at least suspect that the devil is at work. I'm not saying that this is going to be true in all cases, but your suspicion should be that those who are reconciling are doing the work of God before you know anything else. And so God has reconciled the Jews and the Gentiles and preached to those who were far away and I was, and my people obviously were a part of that. My heritage is not Jewish. So we were brought in through what Christ has done to have access 
to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So we start by building on Jesus. We start by building on that cornerstone, or God has started by building on that cornerstone, and to take all of us from different walks of life, from different backgrounds, and bring us in together and to build us together. That preparing for good works in Christ, he hasn't said it yet, but we're being prepared for good works in Christ as part of this building together, as part of the building of the body of Christ, this thing that God is building. He's brought in different skills. He's brought in different temperaments. He's brought in different gifts. And he's brought in different people to build something terrific. And you are part of that. And your part is part of that, whatever it is that God has prepared in advance for you to do. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.